One of the things I've learned over the years being a Christian and walking with the Lord is that out of all of the things that the Lord has done, created the universe, he created galaxies and uh, the earth and people and the animal kingdom and all of the things that work together, he puts a great importance on relationships. He puts a great, great importance on relationships. And I just want to exhort you just a little bit this morning from a subject, relationships of honor. Relationships of honor. Frank Damasio defines relationships. Who He's an author, a teacher, pastor of a, a huge church, great evangelist also. He defines relationships as multifaceted connections between people of all ages, in all places, for all time, that bring fulfillment and enhance our destiny, helping us live a full and satisfying life. How many know that we need relationships in order for us to fulfill our destiny? You cannot truly fulfill your destiny without relationships. And relationships are great things, especially God-given relationships. And then there are some times when God not only gives us a special relationship, but he gives us a relationship of honor. He really does. Biblical honor is esteem, it's value, great respect. You know, to honor someone is to value them highly or bestow great value upon them. And I want you to know this morning, Pastor Phil, that I bestow great value upon you and I honor you and I consider this relationship a real relationship of honor, a real relationship of honor. It's a, it's a God relationship. In 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, folks have referenced it already this morning, but we see the relationship between Elijah and Elisha. And the Bible says in verse 15, Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, God is speaking to Elijah, anoint Hazel as king over Syria, also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So he departed there, found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. He was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him, threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen, and he ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And then he said to him, Go back, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose, and he followed Elijah, and he became his servant. These passages, these verses of scriptures, we see a transition in leadership 
one of many biblical examples of transition. And we also see here a relationship of honor. There are three things I believe that we can glean from this Elijah, Elisha relationship of honor and this transition that takes place. How many know Elisha really honored Elijah? He really did in the anointing that was on his life and his God. And his desire was to follow Elijah, learn from him, and then to do what God had called him to do. Desire was not to come in and change everything around and make put his own stamp on it. As we so often hear, I hear it all the time in, in the corporate world where new managers come in, they have to put their own stamp on it, and sometimes they throw out the baby with the bathwater and change everything around. That's not what Elisha wanted to do. But he wanted to come in and he wanted to stand on the shoulders of his father. He wanted to stand on the foundation that was already built. He wanted to jump on the train that already had momentum. First thing we glean from this relationship is that God initiates transition, not man. And so when you see these type of things, we know that it's God doing it. We can't create, no, just like we cannot create a move of the Holy Spirit. We can't create that. God creates that, but it's up to us to go along with what God is doing. You see, the Lord spoke to Elijah. Elijah did not choose his successor, but the Lord chose his successor. Elijah listened, and he did what God told him to do in a biblical way. Amen. The second thing we glean is that there is a process to transition. You know, in verse 20, after Elisha said, I want to follow you, but let me go back and take care of some things. Elisha said, all right, go on, but come back because what I have just done to you is important. Realize what I have just done to you. In other words, the new King James says, what have I done to you? But really what he's saying is, go, take care of your business because this is a transition. God has got to prepare you, but realize what just happened. Realize what I have just done to you. It is important. It is of God. Don't take it lightly. And then the third thing is serve first and learn to lead. Anytime you are put into a place of leadership, we need to understand that we need to serve first and learn to lead. Why? Because serving, by serving, you are honoring that relationship that God has put before you. Pastor Phil, you are truly honored. It is my pleasure to serve you and to continue to serve you. Romans 13.2 says, Therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Now, that's God speaking through Paul. So we don't want to resist the authorities that God has put over us. We don't want to resist God's way of doing things. I know there have been times in my life, whether it's been at a job I've been at, 
or even in church growing up and I look and I say, well, how is that person in that position? You know, how do they get to be over Sunday school? Or how is this man the pastor of this church? Or how is this guy my manager at work? How does he get the project? Well, in the kingdom of God, God sets order. Sometimes we don't understand it. Most of the time it doesn't go the way we think it should go. But 100% of the time, God knows what he is doing. Amen? God knows what he is doing. And so if we don't want to dishonor God, we have to respect what God is doing and the way he does things. And you may think I'm saying that to you, but I'm really looking in a mirror because I know there have been times over the last few years where I thought things would go one way and I didn't understand why God was doing it. And then he would give me a glimpse of the future and I would say, well, if that is the future, why are things going this way? How do we get there? To me, we should go this way and not that way if we're going there. But how many know God knows how to get there? God knows how to get from Egypt to Canaan. Even though you read in the Bible, they went all the way down, all the way back, 40 years. He knows the best path and the best way to get there. And so I encourage you like me to, I have given up on trying to figure out God and make uh, his methods work with what I think they should be. Stop doing that. Now we say, Lord, I surrender. And it's not just a song. <laughs> it's really my heart. I surrender to you. Remember, there is a kingdom shift. Lord, I don't think things should go that way. Well, God knows the way things should go. He made it all. He made the end from the beginning. So he knows how we should get there. 1 Timothy 5.17 speaks of another noteworthy group of people. Now, we honor Pastor Phil and uh, the man over this house uh, who has laid such a great foundation, who has loved us, nurtured us, uh, raised us up, sometimes maybe even had to correct us. Uh, and we honor him as the pastor and now as the apostle over this house. First Timothy 5.17 speaks of another noteworthy group of people who are deserving of double honor. The leadership of the church called the elders. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so the elders of this house, you have double my honor. <laughs> you have my honor. I respect you. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. This is the Bible. In other words, outdo one another in honoring each other. If you want to be better than someone else, be better than them in honoring them. That's what we need to strive for. And so to this congregation, I honor you. I love you and I respect each and every one of you and we cannot make it without each other. Paul says very clearly that we are to be kindly affectionate to one another. 
with brotherly love, giving preference to one another. Giving preference to one another. And so I thank the Lord for this, this relationship. I thank the Lord for this relationship with Life Church. I thank the Lord for this relationship with the leaders of this great house. I thank the Lord for this relationship with Pastor Phil and Sister Mary because it is truly a relationship of honor. If I were to use some adjectives to describe this relationship of honor, they would be words like this, love, care. What about nourishment? I've certainly received that. Correction, yes. There's no love without correction. Forgiving, certainly have received that. Investment, accepting, teaching, observation, guidance, and how about respect? Respect goes both ways, doesn't it? And letting go. Relationships of honor encompass all of those things. And so the Lord spoke to Dietra and I, said, you have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Turn and take your journey. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land. And I just want to say, Life Church, that Dietra and I and our family look forward to possessing the land with you, to building on the foundation that has already been laid. We look forward to even bigger and greater things. Even Jesus said, when I leave, you will do greater things than I have done. And I want us to really embrace that. Let's not rest on our laurels. Let us not say, well, that was a great run, and so, uh, you know, now we can just kind of coast because the work is just beginning. Listen, we may have lost Peyton Manning, but we got Andrew Luck now. But you got to be patient. He's young. He may throw a few interceptions. <laughs> and you see the year of Manning's having, so. All right, Pastor, you got to stick around. <laughs> Praise God. And so I just really, I, I just, I love you all so much. And I, I really believe that uh, if we continue to have faith in the Lord, not in a man, but if we have faith in God, if we will continue to pray, if we will continue to reach beyond uh, what our grasp is, if we will continue to understand that our blessing is outside of our comfort zone, and that our blessing is more important than our comfort. If we will continue to join hands like we've been doing and work together, we will not only possess the promised land, but we will inherit the promised land and we will rule the promised land together. Amen. How many want to rule the promised land? It is what God has for us. It is what he has for us. And not only as Life Church, but we're going to be infectious. I really believe that we're going to infect this city, just like we've been doing. It'll just be in a greater uh, capacity. We're going to take it to another level, <laughs> the overused phrase. We're going to take it to a new level. Amen. I believe that's what God is doing. 
Not because of who he's placing here, but because that's what God's plan is. Amen. We come to the end of 2012. We see that the world didn't end. <laughs> For some people, their world ended. Um, you know, we think about some tragedies that happened this year. Uh, and some of those things uh, that happened. And I know even in some of our own lives, we've had, some of us have had a tough year. I know there have been things in my life that I've, I've wanted to shed and drop and those things that so easily beset me. I want to I wanna, uh, reach for really what God has for me and um, my ministry and really it's his ministry. I can't say my ministry. And God always gives us opportunities. And I believe he's given us an opportunity even right now to look back on 2012 and don't just look at all of the things that went wrong. How many know there are some things that went wrong in 2012, even in our own life? But I, li I believe right now he wants us to look back and see the joy that he brought us. There are times when he kept us when we didn't realize he was keeping us. There are times when we avoided things that we didn't even know we needed to avoid simply because his anointing was on us. And if you are like me right now, you want to leave some of those things in 2012 behind and reach for something new, I want to ask you right now to stand to your feet with me and let's think for just a moment on some things we want to leave behind in 2012, whether they be some habits, uh, whether they be some attitudes, whether they be some sins, whatever it is. Because I'll tell you this right now, where sin does abound, grace does that much more abound. You cannot out -sin God's grace. Now, that is not a license to sin, but I'm just going to tell you that God has something for everyone in here in 2013. No matter what you've been through and no matter what you have done, even if you failed big time. I know there are some times in my life where I, I say, listen, I failed big time on that one. I really did. But even if you fail big time, now is the time to leave that behind. Leave it behind and look forward. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm not going to even ask you to come forward this morning, but I do want you to acknowledge if there are some things that you want to leave in 2012 behind, lift your hand right now. And we're going to pray together. If there are some some attitude, some, some sin, something that so easily besets you, some habit, some devil, some relationship that needs to be left behind. Let's acknowledge it right now. Take a moment. Think on it. Because this ought to be the last time you think on it. Because God is about to fill you so much with his spirit that there's not going to be room for that thing anymore. God is about to overflow you with his spirit so much until there will not be room for sin in your life. There will not be room for those habits in your life. There will not be room for that attitude in your life. Sickness, disease, disappointment, offense, all of those things, let's just lay at the altar right now.